Hello folks and welcome to What's The Scene. This is the show about shows, or more accurately, a podcast about movies. I'm Adam Jacobs and join me and Jonathan Hewitt as we look through the lens at some landmark films, and by lens I mean the bottom of a red wine glass. You can play along, see if you can guess What's The Scene. Hello, and we're back like we never left Vietnam. Oh, I think I just gave it away. Did oh, I just, Lord, did I just I? came back from Vietnam too. I've it... got to go back there again. Is that where you are? You were there. Anyway. I was there. I was there. <laughs> and I always <laughs> said I'd come and get you. And now, now, you, now you call me. There is a clue that has been given out. And when in terms of Vietnam, obviously, there's probably a whole well, Raft. two or three million people listening who don't remember <laughs> uh, that, two or three that there was a war in Vietnam. For a lot of people alive today to talk about the 1970s is a long time ago. Yep. And we're but, talking about the 60s as well. I mean, we're talking about the, oh, the 60s, yeah. I mean, it was That's very right. much an American operation back then. It was the uh, the war that America never lost. Apparently. Well, the French, the French got there first. Well, the French were the cause of the dang thing, you know. And the That's Americans right. they're, they're came growing, and said, "We'll help you." They were growing and, rubber in Cambodia or something, weren't they? Well, that was it, wasn't it? Yes, and, um, mm. and it was the domino effect. You know, if we, we lost Vietnam, well, then it would just keep going down and down and down and we'd all be talking um, Vietnamese or Chinese or whatever. So uh, it, it's always been a, a – uh, America's been trying to win that war in movies or explain why they lost it for the best part of uh, 60 years. Mm. A very, very long time. Mm. All we know is that it eventually Rambo came along and America won. That's basically – as, as, as it always does. I mean, yes. we had the Green Berets. I mean, you, they had a couple of cracks at beforehand, but, uh, you know, um, Sylvester finished it off. I think it's great. But the scene we're talking about today, folks, and welcome to What's the Scene. This is a podcast about movies or the show about shows, however you want to look at it. My name's Adam Jacobs. And I'm John Hewitt, mostly. And we are going to be talking to today for the first time, creating a podcast that is most definitely shorter than the film because we're talking about a film that we goes hope. for three, oh, three, three hours. Yes, I forgot about hours. that. It oh. is, it is chunked. It's got, it's episodic. There are mm. clearly marked uh, points mm. of deviation as we well, enter into story. Well, when you say episodic, go from story A you to story B. Over, yes, but you could bring it into a before, during, after denouement. Really, it, in, in those, it's, it's a one in three acts. So it's kind of simple, but um, in a way, trying to make it makes itself very complex because of the uh, interrelations between our uh, chief characters, all of whom are highly charismatic uh, actors that you know and love, but really cut their teeth on this uh, groundbreaking movie. It is a bit like one of those uh, outsiders kind of moment where you've got Patrick Swayze and Tom mm. Cruise mm. and Dylan mm. and. Mm. Uh, the Karate Kid, and then all of them all in the one room together. And I, I remember it particularly well because Tom Cruise is stuffing his face with chocolate cake, and he has one Again? line that you can't understand. Yes, no, well, it's because his mouth was full of chocolate cake. You'd know how he gets with chocolate cake. I've never seen him. Well, indeed, I get that way. How else can he do all that running? Well, anyway. that's right. he's one of the great runners in film, but he's not blessedly in this film tonight. He is certainly not. So there's another massive another giveaway. <laughs> 
Uh, I think I oversold it by saying massive giveaway. Mm. There's a bunch of people out there now going, oh, you know I'm what? not listening to this. I the, like Tom Cruise. The, the fact that Tom Cruise is not in it, it doesn't give anything away. And you're right. No. Okay. Wedding. There we go. That, that's, I'm, saying, I'm saying the first explicit clue. And we say Godfather. No. So there's another clue. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Although epic, it's one of the great epi, uh, epic, epic weddings. Epic wedding scene. is an mm. epic wedding scene. Not Italian, but not, as we might say, white bread American either. Certainly not. And, and can, can, dare I say that it, it, it's in a Russian Orthodox church. And, uh, and there it lies its charm. Oh, well, now we are getting, getting close. close uh, <laughs> I, I, we, can, we can also say that the wine was spilt and therefore the bad luck Yes, there's those two uh, drops on the bodies. The yeah, that no one notices. No one notices except for the very astute mm. cameraman. Have you noticed that little cutaway there? It's amazing how wedding photographers, you know, we think they're better nowadays. I reckon <laughs> that's it. It helps if you your actual title is cinematographer and you're being directed by. Well, should we say? <laughs> uh, are we going to go out? We're going to go out on a limb. It's a Russian, and it's uh, the. Deer Hunter. Oh, the Deer Hunter. Nice the wedding scene from the Chimino. That's right. Mm. And he went on to do all sorts of, well, something else. Well, he very went on spectacular. to break, break, um, break banks in, in uh, movie um, uh, <laughs> franchises and, uh, and uh, dealings. A bit like a bit like Kubrick, only really did it. Oh, he certainly did. And we have to, we have to look at that second film that he did. I'm, I'm intrigued. I can't remember. I remember seeing it until I fell asleep. Uh, it, it was extraordinarily... Um, uh, skillful as this film is, but it this was film. just too much skillful. I think the other one was Heaven's Gate. I can't remember what it was. Heaven's anyway. Gate. And is that, is that, I think that might be Johnny Depp. I'm not too, too sure. I don't, I don't remember. People but... are re revising it. Uh, and so we should have a look at it again and see if it's uh, any good. But I, I remember seeing it not being struck with it as this one because this film is an absolute belter. This is an absolute belter, and it's got all the favourites in it, so there's no reason why we wouldn't look at it. It's sort of like, uh, you know, whenever I think of this film, I think of the Wiggles uh, fruit salad song because yep. it's got all the favourite flavours Oh, in it's it. got the Robert De Niro flavour. We'll <sighs> make him – we'll Meryl make him, Streep. He's flavor. vanilla. He's vanilla. She, uh, she John Cazale well. is uh, chocolate. Uh, Christopher Walken is the strawberry. Uh, strawberry. Uh, John Savage uh, is the uh, uh, nutty um, uh, honeycomb. That's uh, no, right. And, and Meryl Streep is, and a is double, a double choc chip. Double choc chip. No, she's a cream on top with the cherry. Absolutely. And there's no no none of that. As colourful as it was, was suggestive of anything other than an appreciation for the performances in that they are all of them equally potent but work very oh, well together, just like is, a Sunday should. This is one of the great ensemble Except uh, I would have acting called, things, acting, um, you know, crews that I would have got given, together. Yeah, I would have given one of them the banana. Uh, the banana would be George uh, Zunza, who's John. I reckon he's uh, he's he's, a, he's the big banana because he's the one who's always laughing, giggling, um, and uh, he's, he's the soul brother of the whole. And show. singing, and he plays the piano, doesn't he? Yeah, he's the soul one. He's he's the one who uh, sings at the end, and we may get to that because uh, he's the one who's um, got the biggest I don't know heart. Let's say. I think he does actually play that that piece on the piano too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's very nice. It's very he ends, Russian. He ends very... up in Law and Order after that um, it, as one of the cops, and uh, and well the, done. The song that he the the piano piece he plays reminds me of the soundtrack to like a very early Russian cartoon. Mm. Mm. 
like at seven thirty in the morning, they'd be. Here comes the fox over the brow of the hill. Yes. All those, those sort of silhouette type cartoons with a Stalin mustache. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> that's right. I, I maybe misremembering, misremembering it. I don't know. <laughs> I know it was too early in the morning. For it me. was very early in the morning. <laughs> it was. But anyway, putting um, John's piano playing aside for a moment, the deer hunter. For those of you who don't know, and after listening to this podcast, if you are not struck with the urge to go and watch it, to be completely honest, I wouldn't be surprised. However, <laughs> I strongly recommend that you go and you see this film. It has, firstly, everyone's in it at the point when everyone is doing everything pretty much right. Yes, they're at the top of their games and they're all top about of the game. 30. You know, yeah. when, when someone's 30, they've gone to the, you know, the the. They're, you know, they're, they're rather, you know, um, attractive. Um, there's not a line on their face. You know, their, their faces are behaving for, for, for the camera. But they're not, they're not, uh, they're not chubby. They're not baby fat. No, faces. no, no, no. Everyone's lean and mean fighting machines uh, and um, they're, they're doing a really good Still job. Still works and you Pennsylvania style. They go on and do wonderful things afterwards. That's the beauty of seeing the film now is you think, oh, yes, now I can see that those sort of acting uh, glitch, you know, what, um, uh, aptitudes are in there uh, uh, built in. And, uh, a, yeah, and you, a bit, you love them for it. It's a bit like watching the stage adaptation, which really all it was of Don't Look Back in Anger, and you see Branner, oh. and you see Thompson, and you see those, mm. and you think, oh, that's bef- that's whilst they were, that's before they started getting churned. That's the right. Machine that is that's Hollywood. right. Yes, and, and they, they were, were they weren't very... chewing scenery, and as and these guys don't. You think that when you watch this movie, they're overacting, but everything is nicely restrained. Thank you very much. They're not chewing scenery. They but they just put their whole heart and soul into it. So mm. it, it's very hard to do that to be, a, you know, a great full-on physical presence, and they all are, and they're, and they're fantastic physical actors, all of them, um, and and yet yeah, there's not a trace of overacting. You know, I'm That's true. For it. Yes, I agree with that, and I, on that scale, I was sort of looking at Christopher Walken more than any of them. Because, well, you tend to, don't you? Yeah, he can be, he can be a guy that leans a little bit on – a kind of mannerism that he has, and mm. most that's why I think he's most readily is most available for mimicking, yes, of course, imitating, which you do so very well. And I'm sure that will come out in the uh, <laughs> in the fullness in the fullness, in the fullness of, of time, but the yeah, no, that, no, 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 in the yeah. in the fullness of episode, oh, <laughs> of course, which is not going to go for three hours because, because <laughs> the sun may come up soon, anyway. the... The, the, the thing is that they, they can be, um, you know, the Meryl Streep has always been kind of Meryl Streep. She is um, she's mm. a genius at change, at, at, you know, adopting roles. But yeah. the, with the other couple. She's got know, a good Australian accent. Oh, well, I don't know. Oh, wait, we, we work about that. She's not good with, she doesn't work, don't work with dingoes and, uh, and, and children. That's what I say. But Robert De Niro is, uh, you know, it's is sort of, you can sort of do De Niro after a while because you see him do things and there were certain, you know, he, he was, you know, he's doing a De Niro film or whatever. And the same with Walken. But um, you've got, um, you know, Meryl Streep uh, can change and change and change and change, change. I mean, yeah. and a good actor should be a chameleon, uh, chameleoness. And uh, and she does that. And the other one is John Cazaley. Now, can I can I, can we put it out there straight away that John Cazaley was one of the great actors who you know um, ever pulled on a boot? 
uh, and has done films that we should talk about, Dog Day Afternoon and others, and The Godfather, where he plays the vulnerable um, and the uh, the kind of, you know, uh, very confident, confused dopey character and he gets it all right all the time and this is the and this is a nut yet another superb film of his another uh, reason to see the film folks absolutely he was an actor who died Consummate well and actor. truly too too Far early, too early. Mm. and he uh he's one of those guys that has his bare-faced way of being kind of uh sure of himself in the face he's a wise, of, he's a wannabe wise guy in, in, in everything yeah. he does. And he and he but he but he's so so flawed and so feeble. <laughs> it's with the all his hairstyle that does it for me every time. Well, that's right. It's the it's the hairline, but it's also just the way that he can just be so steely in his ineptitude. And yes, uh, yes, he, yes. He, he understands these characters so well. <laughs> I'm sure as a person he's not like that. But no. He's always getting involved in these characters. Every film he does is more or less. Well, they give him a prop. In this prop, they give him a little, uh, I keep calling them 38 specials, that little silver gun that he carries around and points at people for for emphasis. It doesn't point to people. He gestures with it. Oh, that's right. But (laughs) until until De Niro takes takes the bullet out and shoots it into the top of the the hunting uh, shack that they're in. You idiot. There's a bullet in there. Which is rather, you know, relevant, um, you know, in, in filmmaking, yeah. even as we speak this year. Anyway, uh, he's mm. he is a, a magnificent mm. man. Who else is worthwhile? Of course, and you've got um, um, uh, the bloke who does um, Axel. He's the other uh, rat pack. John um, Savage. Uh, no, it's uh, he's Chuck Esperin. He's uh, Espergen, Espergen, and um, he, he always says effing a. I can't. We can't say the actual word, but that's his. Uh, He's, no, we can't. Uh, we'll be both booted off Spotify. Well, we did, and I didn't. Uh, and but that's all he says all the way through. He says, "You've got a very limited, um, uh, you know, vocabulary." <laughs> vocabulary. He goes, "Effing a." He's the one who gets caught un- underneath the um, uh, underneath the, uh, the 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 pins in the bowling alley. And I thought, no bowling alley scene can ever match up to that. I don't care what, <laughs> what you say, except maybe um, uh, with the dude um, and with um, oh god, well, Big Lebowski. That's the Big Lebowski is all about bowling. It's a homage to bowling, really. Yeah. I'm the dude, the dude, man. But I'm thinking this this film is a homage to America, uh, Rust Belt, uh, working, hard spending, hard drinking, uh, hard loving. I suppose uh, loyalty. Um, deer, deer hunting, and deer hunting, um, and doing all those things. Uh, it is. It's a boysy movie. Of course, it's got to be a boysy movie because it's got all boys in it. But very much, um, I find that there's a, you know, there's a feminine over overview to it with with the Meryl Streep. That's how good she is. That she becomes the, um, the, the 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 central piece of everyone's, you know, amour and uh, and 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 love and affection. Well, it, what... it is done very well. That character, she's very clearly established in the first. And I understand why they spent an hour on that on that what we'd call a a staging for the for the characters. They yes. they needed all of them need to be staged really clearly mm. so that but, when you but they do it, it they don't do it with with uh, with uh, any kind of um, vocabulary or, or lines. It's all done by watching them. This is what I love about it. It's such a physical it movie. All of this um, this, this mm-hmm. start is you you get snatches of conversation between them. 
and you find out that yes, someone's getting married. Yes, you find that someone might be pregnant. You, you know, you sort of get these insights to it, but it's all very visual. You know, you're you're looking at these characters, and they're so individual in the way that they interact with each other that the script is irrelevant. I mean, this is what amazes me about this film is a good 45 minutes of us introducing this this show. No, sorry, there's only 40, 45 minutes of a, an entire wedding uh, series where you, <laughs> you see the entire geography of a town. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You see all the stars and the other star, I'm going to say right now, is Mickey's uh, uh, Coupe, Coupe de Ville. Well, and I'm, the, car the, 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 car. the car is fantastic, and, and the car the car has plenty of its own sort of scenes. Really, it does. It's in a wedding scene. It's tarted up. It gets kicked in the in the backside. It gets used the, to. It gets used to drive off. It does a couple of drives off. Drive-offs. And it's an art classic. And, and really, yeah. it comes down to the great Gothic American and car, which was probably built from true. steel from that place in Pennsylvania. Indeed, it would have just returned home. The boomerang, we we'll call it. <laughs> the um. Kazal looks in the mirror. I forget the name of the character. Oh, in the window. He's doing in the window of, the, of that head. car. And he's doing his heart and he says, perfect. Or he says, gorgeous. Or he says, beautiful to no, himself. No, I think he, does, he, he folds it up. He got it right the first time. He, he puts his hair over and he's got that sort of slicky down here that no one actually ever wants. It's before <laughs> oil was outlawed. And he goes, perfect. Yeah, perfect. He's got this steely <laughs> look in his eye. And he, he never looks healthy. Ever in yeah. any film he's ever done. Yes, right. I don't as, know Nick, been... as Nick says when he's when he's getting you know dressed after work, give up. It ain't gonna work. You know, says <laughs> Nick. You know, because he's in the mirror. He's always tarting himself oh, up, and, and, and it's one of those things. But that the character, Kazale, well. yeah, Kazale doesn't flinch with this idea that that he is perfect. Oh, um, with but a he's brow looking, that big. Yeah, he's looking in this his reflection in the window of that car, and the window is cracked. <laughs> The window is splintered yes. and you think, oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. And there is with this steely glaze looking at himself, you know, with 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 no shame at all. Um, and there's no offense to anyone, but you know, he's he is he is, I think, painted in this film as being more or less unattractive. And the way that he can just sort of look at himself and go, You're just the absolute mm. that is I can't. We can't change this. Don't. I, I still think. I still think that lovely scene in the in the wedding where someone is squeezing his uh, girlfriend's uh, backside. It's the the the, <laughs> the singer of the of the band who wants to get it, and he's squeezing, and he's and he's sitting next to the laughing John, who George Sunder, who's going. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he, as he does all the whole movies, it's only a wedding. He says, "No, I've got to break this up." But anyway, let's let's talk about the. Um, we, we we should talk about. Um, oh, the same. Well, well, I want to say the one other big star in this <laughs> in this first quarter third, mm-hmm. first one third of the film, besides the car, mm-hmm. is the doorways because mm-hmm. I don't know how they managed to do it, but it was like. Uh, there was a spill out of the doorways. Wherever there's a door, there's a whole bunch of people who got to spill out well, of it. That's the physicality of it. That's isn't the, it? Is the so it starts with the steelworks. Their siren goes, and they get themselves, and they'll spill out into the open air. Which I don't know. Yeah. Air is probably an exaggeration. Yes, it's smog it's out into the, the open yeah. smoke, mm. and then they spill out again in through the doorway into the pub. They spill out again. Yep. Into the, out of the it, church, at, all at, the time. Yes, out of right. the um, reception centre, there's all this big spilling out, and yes. and it's all the same voice, the same. But they must guys. have had huge fun doing it, and oh, have, yeah. you can tell that they they became good mates afterwards. I I, I think that uh, I've read that they 
did uh, because it's one of the great bonding movies. Uh, and and at the start of it, they're all they're all shoving the um, the hot lava down the uh, the steel down there. It, it, actually, we we'd say that the the best part of this movie, I think, is that it's all built around that church where they uh, from you know beginning to end, which is the Russian Orthodox Church. But um, you could see that it's a homage to American, you know, sweat, blood, sweat, and tears, and uh, making stuff. And it's the Rust Belt. You know, it's a, it always seems in America that everything's sort of rusting away and um, you know, born in the USA hasn't hasn't um, you know been written yet, but it's likely. You know what I mean? It's it's it's, a, it's oh, a, well, that's, the whole, that's, the whole that's, fabric of the of the community. They love it, but that, it's one of those things that is actually uh, kind of getting a little bit rusty as we go, and uh, and it sets that sort of scene for 1978, which is an interesting time because it's uh, I think the president was Jimmy Carter at that stage, and then America was going to have the first of or another slap in the face, which was of course going to take place in the Middle East. Um, but all of those sorts of things are there, uh, and uh, and yet it's kind of timeless. And and again, I, I think that the films when they use old uh, Coupe de Ville's and things like that, you don't really get an idea of when the film film is. And you know you're going to the Vietnam War or whatever, but everything's kind of old, rusty, uh, it's kind of dated, and yet very very vital because of the vitality of these actors playing their parts. And it just it always gobsmacks me. This film, um, I love all of them. And I love the film. I like my the, the way that the director deals with them, and he's, he shoots them lovingly. It's it is interesting, like the way he does shoot it to start off with. I noticed that in the first one third, he sort of does do a bit of the zoom, the classic kind of seventies kind of zoom, mm. which which uh, for those of you who are playing along, which hopefully is most of you, uh, and, unless you've gone to sleep, and if you are, sweet dreams, <laughs> take. Imagine that you are lying on a beach and there are soft waves lapping at. So for the rest of you, uh, Zoom was a it was a classic sort of thing that they did in seventies films, the golden age of cinema. Peck and Palm may have done it a bit when they zoomed Before, into the eyeballs of of uh, the baddie. Yeah, that's right. And they well, that's exactly right. But they but now we don't do it so much. There's not so much of the zoom. Oh no, it's all you, dolly you want to in. Zoom. It's all yes. moving in, and we don't. Whoever was the but you pull pull focus, and that's as close as you're ever going to get to zooming in on anything these yep. days. Yep. So the first, but then later on, that doesn't really happen. Uh, and what it does, it dates zoom, films in a second. If soon as you see a, 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 a zoom, you say, "Well, it might be in the '70s when they they were first coming out in cinema, and they were messing around with them." I don't think I've ever seen a good one. Oh, I'd have gosh, to no. I struggle. Well, that's the the still work scene is established with a zoom and. And mm. then after that, it's sort of very slowly, very. Well, I think you can do an establishing you, you shot with go, a zoom. We yeah, did that with the conversation. Out, Remember you go the conversation? Out and in, out mm. and in. So mm. you know, you are sent, you are bringing the audience in, which mm. which is effective, but it just wouldn't happen these days. Mm. So, and what we are seeing with that first sort of, you know, from the outside in, is that we're invited to become one of the one people of yeah. spilling out of the door. Mm. You know, or one of the. Wedding goers, mm. all, the, the all the workers who are slapping, mm. slapping hands with the um, the three, um, you know, um, protagonists who are going to go to war and also going to be uh, wedding, um, you know, um, aficionados. I think that's lovely too because there's so much goodwill happening in this film. And I think, and this is, and I, I'm only putting this. I have not read up on this, um, but I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who have never acted before, 
and uh, and uh, and and with the and the beauty of this film is in the wedding scene where everyone's dancing and uh, and you have these kind of stars. They don't quite often you'll have a star and then you say there's a star and there's someone who's never acted before in their lives. This all blends together. I, I, I've never seen mm. a, a celebration scene where you could not work out who was an actor and who wasn't because obviously you couldn't do it with that many extras that convincingly. Kids, you know, uh, aunties, well, you know, you know the what elderly, I was doing? Um, what I was mums. doing mm. when they were singing the Russian song as the bride and groom are carried out on the shoulders oh, of, yeah. the, of, the, uh, of the faithful. Uh, I was looking in the audience for those members who actually yes, knew the was words, mm. and they could—you could tell that it was just very familiar to them that they've been to a thousand weddings and they sing the same song every time. Yep. And yeah, and you could spot them, and obviously they were the older members of the crowd, but mm. you could also spot at the same time that they weren't necessarily mm. actors; that they were there to to add authenticity beyond what. Cutaways with that, yes, yeah, but beyond an what an extra is expected to absolutely, do, absolutely. You know? But a more unselfconscious uh, bunch of extras I've never seen, and, uh, and yeah, I'm, and I'm sure that um, there were people who were probably probably were Russian Orthodox. And it's interesting. Let's let's just hop and pause here. That it's set in a Russian Orthodox community in an American movie where people go out and fight for their country. And that's I exactly think, right. And I think there is a bit of a philosophy that runs through this whole. Film up to uh, you know I'll give it away when they they um, they sing God bless America, because America is seemed to be uh, a place where everyone can make money, uh, have a community, be part of um, you know celebrations, mm-hmm. you know play hard, drink hard, um, and um, and defend what they feel is right. So we could talk about the philosophy of this you know a bit later, but uh, it's um, the the wedding scene is very much a Russian kind of notion oh absolutely they play that card really hard don't they i mean when we i suppose the savage character not character that's the actor's name uh mickey not mickey yeah, the guy it's, um, who it's uh steven yeah steven the guy the groom yeah. he he strikes me as being russian i mean so so does christopher walken i suppose and i, I hmm. just sort of i am talking and, about and george uh, Zanza, their, uh, would have their to be... appearance i'm talking hmm. about you know just that eastern european kind of appearance hmm. so i'm not trying to be uh ethically ethically eth, 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 ethnically, ethnically uh, prescriptive or whatever hmm. but i could I'm, I'm i'm accepting that but as soon as the uh the savage the person who plays his mother, as soon as she walks in and says something, <laughs> they are like, right, by the ear. we are in Russia now. Mm, very There's much no so. disputing it. Yes. And I, I don't know if she was a, a real actor either, either, or it was his real mother saying <laughs> he's been a bad boy and she grabs him by the ear anyway. So oh, what do you mean, good. John? You're not, you're not behaving well? And, and then tweaks him along. I have to say that it, when we first see her in the church and she's, she's, Bitching and moaning, so to speak, to the priest about all the poor Who's a real priest, by the way? I do know that. Oh, well, there you go. Hmm. You know, she's, um, I like to think that the, our director, who's our director again? Jim no, that's right. He, he must have said, look, you know, just complain. Imagine your son, yeah. you're marrying the, mar- not marrying a non-Russian. Yes, who uh, may, may or may not be pregnant. Yes, in, in the country that isn't Russia 
and you are horribly disappointed mm. and you just want to so because the way she just sort of ad sounds like she's ad-libbing it mm. it comes out so naturally well, well this is what i mean this, uh, all of these uh, yeah, actors and they're just good. doing it you know and the real priest is doing what he does and and you don't feel like he's even putting it on i mean everyone's so natural doing what they're doing in this scene and it's worthwhile the 45 minutes i was with uh um, uh, a compatriot, uh, uh, and says, this is a long scene for an intro to a film. And I, did, I said, what, is 40 minutes gone already? I could watch that that th the film again for that wedding. Mm. Mm, that's right. It is so, um, you know, it, it, there was so so much uh, joy and joy de vivre and uh, a celebration of the American way. And the longer you spend with that sort of establishing stuff, the the really, the were the, the more you expect the rest of it to be like just a big disaster come down like the the longer that that first bit goes <laughs> on boy, does that the worst the worst <laughs> that's going to happen in terms of the downfall of the characters not in terms yes. of the quality film. i'm trying to find the right word. someone knocks the cake yeah. over at the end yeah. no <laughs> no you're going to go why isn't anyone why isn't it why is it so happy and good like mm. That means that the rest of the film is going to be a, it, it does. a firestorm. And it is. It's yeah, and, horrific. It's and, absolutely and, horrific. And with that movie, I know this could be a three-hour uh, podcast. It's not going to be, folks. But I, I will say that, uh, you know, with that physical acting where everyone sort of bounces around, I love and I would watch over and over again Meryl Streep coming out of the door with her veil on and getting it caught on the, uh, the snib of the screen door and having her head pulled back. Uh, and later to be reprised when she's bowling and the ball comes off the back of her fingers, drops on the floor, and she just takes it so naturally. There is such a clunkiness and natural. Uh, it, it is so natural because of this. Michael Chivano throws in these little things, even the, the old blokes uh, when they have a, a panning shot when they're carried out the door and there's a fellow there who's asleep on his wife's arm. He's about 88, not out. And he just, all these little details and make mm. the film so human. And, yes. And this is why I loved it. And I think everyone who watches this movie, uh, it's a bit alarming. I mean, some of the most alarming scenes in, in moviedom, but just this this thing of, of people loving each other and doing what they do um, in, in, in celebration is, 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 is a beautiful thing. It is. It's, it's, you know, when you start giving motivations to the extras, you know that you've, um, yes. mm. you've gone down or, the... Or directing uh, them properly. You know, that, that's the thing, you know. Um, he says, mm. when, when, when we're panning across, you, you fall asleep on your wife's um, shoulder. <laughs> However, with this scene, though... It would be more like, you know, he said to, he says to the first AD... You know that eighty-year-old guy that's falling asleep. Just don't. Can you wake him up? Don't wake him up. Don't wake him up. Don't wake him up. It could be true. Okay, we're rolling. Action, everybody! And they tip tip each other around. But I suppose in this film, I think the 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 darkness that comes into it is the green beret, and this is what we were talking about at great length before we even discussed this this scene. If anything in the whole movie is sort of an expositional thing mm. that you sort of struggle with in the first instance because you kind of wonder. Because I thought to myself, is this an open bar? Is this the venue? Mm. He's wandered. Uh, he's wandered in. He's this, just wandered the, in. The soldiers there, the the three, um, you know, uh, want to be heroes. Um, in well, not want to be heroes. The ones, ones who have, uh, uh, we don't know. It's a lovely thing about this film. We only see it is in terms of a matter of a day. In, in the life of these people. I mean, they work hard, they're going to a wedding, 
they 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 they're half tanked. Uh, they go to the bar. They see the green beret, who's looking absolutely schmicker. Who actually how Michael ends up, you know, in his, in his soldiers, uh, you know, for he the does. second half of the the film mm. or the, th- the third the third act, and he's uh, there having shots, and he's looking quite uh, hmm, moribund. Um, I would say. How would you describe him? Uh, Whatever. Th- thousand yards. Yes. Oh, yes. Beautifully put. Mm. And he's he wants to have a shot, and of course uh, Robert De Niro is uh, is uh, Michael says get them out of beer, get them a, get them out of drink, you know, which is very much what De Niro does, and mm. they get him a drink, um, which is easy to do when you're buying a man a drink on the groom's tab, absolutely, or the bridegroom's tab. I've always enjoyed another... those uh, those shouts. <laughs> it's always good. <laughs> <laughs> you want a drink? <laughs> oh, I. I will get you a drink. <laughs> so, but yes, there is a lot of frivolity, and then all of a sudden, it's kind of um, the cooler. It hits that note. In. It hits that. Mm. You know, there's a d- down note because uh, everyone down. is singing and dancing, and 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 uh, and the beautiful thing about dancing, Christopher Walken, who was a very good hoofer, apparently, is is doing these things, and you know, he just slides around the the, the floor doing those things with, and dancing with uh, Meryl Streep, beautifully. I mean, again, that physicality. Of these actors who are thirty and not afraid to do their own, you know, stunts. Even with John Savage trying to pick up uh, Robert De Niro, and they do a pratfall uh, on the floor. It is just so beautifully natural, you know, that it's it clunky, is, yeah. it's it's, clu- it's clumsy, it's clunky, and it's totally believable. And I think that's what you have to set because these people are going to go and fight for the country, uh, you know, in another another land, which is in the next scene. But um, I think the the interesting thing is that this this um, uh, what what is it? It's almost like the uh, the the sound note of the whole night is this green beret who's drinking by himself and will not communicate. Why do you think that is? Why what is it? I think that we're seeing America represented by the frivolity, and we're seeing the 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 slow the the reality of of a world that is that is hardening around it. Uh, you know the the coal, the manufacturing, the, the steelworks will shut down in the next ten years. The, well, all of that, the, yeah. The, yeah. the oil's going to run out. We're going to yeah. start, you know, and, all and, of this. And Nick, as Christopher Walken says, you know, take take us to where the uh, we're, we're doing airborne, and take us to where the bullets are flying. And the fellow just yeah. sits there with his glass and goes, "Effort, effort." And and, and um, that that is such a jarring note, not only to them but to us. Is that you think that the whole thing is going to be about the celebration of um, uh, life in America? Yeah, and, and he really does, um, you know, put a, a drop us in it, and he went. And I think that's all he had, he says. That's his, um, you know, if I were his vocal coach, <laughs> I would have put my hand up straight away because they said, "What well, you 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 got the same word three times?" Yeah, it is, and it is one word the way he says it. Mm-hmm. It's um, if hyphen et. Is is how it's um, mm. pronounced. If you wanted the correct phonetics, folks, yeah. which, which of course I'm, you yeah. know, there's a good seventeen of you who are interested. Absolutely, and and uh, and Axel is the is the one who goes effing a, which is yeah. his one line. So it does it does come out as a as a bit of a, a theme and all this. But anyway, mm. they're at the end of the bar, and they can't quite work him out because um, he's there looking splendid, and why he's there we don't know. It's almost like a vision. 
It is a bit sort of strange that that Isn't he it? does just kind of appear. What is out wrong of with this picture, this scene that you have him sitting there, almost walking in from, you know, um, from uh, headquarters? And, I, and well, it's a return return serviceman, and I I've sort of buy into the idea that he saw the wedding happening. He kind of knew the bar would be there, and yeah. and just wanted to have a taste of the old life again that, that he knows he'll never, he'll never really get back to. I know, but he certainly doesn't want to be there. I don't think he wants to be anywhere. And I think this is what, this is the presages. Uh, if I may use that, I don't even know if I use that word, right. I don't even know what presages mean, but I'll use it anyway. Um, the idea all right, all of, I know of Michael is that coming. <laughs> all, I, all I know is you can buy a bag of 10 of them. Um, can you? From, from Bunnings. Oh, but, um, fantastic. And for yeah. people who don't have Bunnings, uh, we'd, we'd call it Woolworths. Uh, we'd call it hardware LD, depend, yeah, depending on where you are. Mm. But the um, that's what really happens to the people who come back as, um, you know, it's it's like Robert uh, De Niro's Michael coming back and just being totally uh, dispirited, confused, distant, and. Unregulated, lost. yes, lost in, yeah. his, in in the moment, and you see that uh, at this at the start, uh, and I think it's a very nice note that comes in. It's the green note that comes in the the beret and all of that uh, notion that we see in Michael at the end, of, well, in the in the third act, where he can't rejoin his society. It's almost like the uniform too. The fact that he's so well presented, it's most like. Instead of the yes, initially I'm everyone's dishevelled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm assuming in the initially a uniform is is a is a, something of worn with pride. It's and it's also something that's worn with intent, and it has a practical function as well. But then mm. afterwards, when the war is over, mm. and you are still wearing that thing, and mm. you're kind of getting around in the world, it's almost mm. like it's somewhere that is yours that you can go to that is the only place that really makes sense to you. Well, that's right. You're not demobbed yet, necessarily, yeah. as in Michael's case. You wear it because you have to until, I suppose, there's a time when you don't. Uh, but uh, I, it is one of those scenes that at the end of this joyous occasion, we hit with a bald reality of someone coming back and saying, um, you know, it, what was it like over there? And he just goes, F it, and just drinks drinks the uh, the shot. And um, and then we are left with that sour taste in our mouths. And that's really where that wedding scene kind of finishes uh, in, its, in, in, in confusion because we've had such a good night. Although um, they, they, they do continue it where, um, you know, Mikey um, is in front of his magic car um, stripping off. Yeah, he goes for a nudie run down the street because yes. he's upset about something. I think he's upset about that soldier, and uh, mm. and the whole idea of of, of it's a transition from being a civvy uh, in a in a dress suit um, to nothing. So he does; he actually strips down to nothing. And I think that's very good as a as a as a theme of of deconstructing himself. Um, and they. Uh, he and um, and uh, Nick, uh, who um, he ca- who who, who um, catches up with him, says, "Don't leave me there." And that's a lovely yeah. theme too. And this film is is not like a normal narrative. You know, the we don't have narratives that just go from scene to scene. It really is one chunk film, one chunk in Vietnam, 
one chunk when we get back. I mean, there was certain you know real room in in those, but it's um it's uh, an enormous film, uh, and it's only made by consummate filmmaker, who who creates atmospheres. And, uh, and yeah, that's true, and takes the time to do it mm-hmm. too. But it, I think that they're in both in all those chunks too. There's also these sort of disconcerting moments mm. that that don't don't really uh, aren't congruent necessarily mm. like i suppose we could say uh, the this is this scene like yeah, yeah. you know that's it's necessary but at the same time because because it does sort of set up the difference between michael and the other characters and and mm. maybe explains why he is the one that more or less is the only survivor mm. after the war is over uh, and and also sets up other things to do with the with the other characters too, especially the Kazal character. And, and but what, then it, also, what it needs to be a survivor too, because Michael's the one who is just so hard edged, such a yeah, hard nut that he then, could yeah. get through there without um, you know self destructing. But we go from there, which is eventually basically the Kazal character saying, "Can I borrow your boots?" And eventually the answer is yes. But we have to go through all this big rigmarole. Oh, you're about... talking about the this is this thing. Yeah, this is. Well, but for, then... for the for the 18 people who have not seen this film, um, <laughs> that, that is uh, where where uh, Mikey's uh, Coupe de Ville uh, again, uh, which is the star of the movie, takes them up into the the deer hunting, which is a great metaphor for um, uh, what's uh, I, I don't know murder um, uh, hunting. Um, uh, American about, American gun culture, you name it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's all a, there. Not a uh, lot about gun culture, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, one shot, as as Mikey would have it. You know, he mm. says you've got to get the 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 deer down in one shot, which uh, and and of course they mirror each other the the two uh, hunting scenes beautifully because he does have the deer in the second scene, dead to rights, if you like, bearing its um, heart to him, and he can't shoot him. But in the mm. fir- in the first one. Uh, it's very much that uh, that ensemble shot where they all bundle out of the car again. Yeah, <laughs> and another Kizale, doorway. Kizale is uh, Stanley doesn't have his boots. No, he doesn't. So he's got to he's got to beg, and but in the process we have to go through all of this you know, this sort of macho gameplay that Michael's determined to uh, limit access to his boots for whatever reason, and in the process he's philosophizing about things that are this and things that aren't this. Well, this is this. Uh, yeah. Everyone knows that line. It's a bit like you talking mm. to me. It's, it's uh, it, it um, you know, uh, that's the beauty of um, it is. Or Robert it's, or, De Niro. Or, or, He's got the best lines. It's very much like that, that scene out of uh, The Goodfellas too, when the uh, they're at the pub, at the bar, and he's saying, you know, oh, remember he gives him the hard, he gives him the, the evil eyeball. This is oh, a, who's this that is, character? Um, he says, uh, "Yeah, am I here to amuse you?" Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, what's, yeah. what's that? Am I, is, is my job here is to to amuse you? Yeah, and he's just put just <laughs> stringing him along, and he just he's not sure whether he's about to get his head blown off or not, and mm. or get to be dragged out the back and, and his mm. throat cut, whatever yes. they do. And Casale is the same way though, but he fronts him out. Uh, he does. And he's got the gun that he's always waving yeah. around, which comes in later on in that in the same sort of notion of, uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, we may as well get onto the onto the, uh, the middle scene because there's no point in, in talking about the film if, if you don't have Russian roulette involved. Well, that's right, because that's, that's what I was leading into. I was sort of going, well, this this is this it sort of steps out mm. of the it's narrative the bullet, a little the bit. The one bullet, yeah, yeah, and and it sort of it ends up becomes this really awkward kind of moment where the characters aren't 
they're a little bit they become uh more their their worst qualities are sort of momentarily mm. exaggerated like in this sort of plosive mm. moment and then they sort of that sort of just well, and they're good qualities and they're good qualities though because you've you've got the um, you know George uh, as John says oh just take the boots and he yeah. he drapes them over uh, Stanley's or Kazali's shoulders and then you know uh, Michael as was this I said no yeah, you're not having yeah. my boots it's so and, awkward. and, and it's that, that we're going to war we have to be uh, efficient and we have to be disciplined and you blokes that we're leaving behind aren't <laughs> you know so well, where does it all you know what is it all about that's what um, that's how i read the, the that scene yeah but the same thing happens when they go to vietnam the same sort of kind of incongruent sort of thing that uh, that makes you kind of go oh wow that's um yeah it just helps you Add depth to the characters. I guess that's well, what it is really well, for. I mean, when they're playing Russian roulette, you can see the three characters. Uh, well, even separate even as characters that. straight away because yeah, Michael uh, Michael um, is the one who is controlling and trying to and trying to keep Stephen John Savage, who's underneath, who is having a nervous breakdown. Oh, I have to say that 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 first when you first it, see them, is it like, not the most brutal oh, scene. Oh, he does the, such a good job, the John Savage, of setting up yeah. the of crying of that, that wail, awfulness that's about to, that's happening above yeah. him. Yeah. He like everything he does in that scene outside of us actually seeing. Oh, can yeah. like game. Let's let's say the John he Savage is, amazing. is is amazing actor. They all do a good job, and mm. the, what they're doing is they let let it all bleed out. Uh, whatever character isn't there a part in the character they have method acted it and they are just doing it on the spot and it's uh, and they're magnificent but i did notice with john savage when he shouts i thought gee i wish i had that many cap teeth <laughs> it's a bit like watching old old mash episodes you don't know the, the yeah. people who are, who are fighting in the 1950s in korea have perfectly capped teeth <laughs> anyway uh, but it, that's, that's neither here yeah. nor there now but I, at the start of the vietnam scene we have this, what I regard as being a little bit of an incongruent sort of moment and not not at all the same as this is this scene, but in a similar way, kind of. Right, so Robert De Niro character is seen as, play, is, as being unconscious and coming to or maybe he's sort of uh, not sure if he's dead or not. You know, he's lying on, on, a, on, a, on a dead compatriot who's... Um, you know, he's got his blood all over him and his own blood, I suppose. And then he arouses into a consciousness and sees the brutality taking place in the village and then cracks open the fire, the, mm. the fire gun. What do they call it? Mm. The massive fire cannon thing. Mm. And, and starts, you know, wailing terror, like literally like Rambo style mm. across the fields and, and cutting down the VC. It's a funny old thing, isn't it? Because and then I... the very next moment, yeah. The, the helicopter's coming down, but the next moment, bang, they're prisoners hmm. in, a, in, a, in some sort they've of... They've got the running, all those um, crew running at them through the grass. And yeah. That, uh, the Viet Cong, who I suspect are the baddies in this. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know... <laughs> because I, I, I think suspect it, so this is a pro-war or anti-war film, <laughs> and, and what you know, side are we meant to be on? 
Um, mm. you, you do get the idea that um, you know the the Viet Cong, who assume that the ones who are making right. them shoot each other in the head, yes, uh, and the and the South Vietnamese. I mean, do you need to know a lot about the Vietnam War to to uh, watch this movie? Probably not. So it, it's it, it, but it's a funny w film. This because you don't know whether it's, it's a pro or anti. You don't know exactly where you know the Americans are meant mm. to be the goodies or the they're you know obviously they're being the victims in this the scene where they're made to uh, play the Russian roulette. All those sorts of things are very interesting, and the French and the French are in there always always uh, making making the money in, in between. <laughs> you know, it's well, a what's, bit, what's a bit like um, what's interesting about the roulette is that yeah, you may not know entirely. You, you can't say for sure that the captors are VC. So because you look at them and you go. Because they're playing the roulette game in what is a micro concentration camp. That's right. It's just and, ambiguous. But then, but then when they're when they're free again in Saigon and they're roaming the streets, what do they? What do they? Get? Both of them, the Mickey character, and both of them find themselves doing, watching. A game of Russian roulette. Well, so who? I, did, I think they're drawn are to the it baddies. I reckon well, the, the gambling is the is the is enemy. the baddie is the yeah. baddie because those guys and no one been, no one gambles like the Vietnamese. But look at it; it's going that, all over the place. In that micro little POW camp, they could have just been collecting bodies, collecting people together just to play the game and make some money between each other. And they could have been Cambodians or anyone. Who knows who they could have been? Like, well, there's, there's nothing. It's not determined. This is true. And this is the thing. It, it is an ambiguous film in that respect. Um, we don't know whether the, you know, the Americans are, are um, uh, you know, the winners or losers. I mean, at the end, you do when the, you see the helicopters being, you know, pushed off the, um, the, the large ships and all that sort of stuff at the end. But in that, in that, uh, in that scene there, it is ambiguous. You don't know who's, who's shooting who and why. Um, no. But uh, you you get the feeling though that the you know the Americans are being victims and you, we're not you know in the Geneva Convention. Put it that way. Um, that's it, for sure. in, it, absolutely. And you know what? Just in terms of unsung heroes, hmm. the guy who the Vietnamese guy who plays, in the suit. Yes. No, no, no. In nope. in the hut, who's oh, getting yeah. getting Mal. them? Mal. He's getting them to play the game. He's forcing hmm. them to hold the gun and. And pull the trigger, like he's like he doesn't do much, and he's talking about the subtlety of performance. Mm, what a winner! But he yeah. makes that whole scene just mm. that that necessary mm. one or two degrees more terrifying. Absolutely, because he's and I, I always think that I always think, oh yeah, Chris Walker and De Niro they're sitting there shooting themselves. But that dude, that mm. Vietnam. Vietnamese dude, he is, mm, he is like totally really, without really good. conscience, isn't he? Yeah, and just does that so well without mm. expressionless. Well, it, it, and I just... don't know, who, I don't know who got the actors, uh, but again, it's Chimno saying amp it up, and uh, but he amps it up, but no one actually ever overacts. That was the point um, that I still stand by: is that it, it is such a the 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 uh, the heat of this film is hot. It's dynamic all the way through, and yet they never, you know, even when they, they uh, De Niro is rushing at him and all that sort of uh, business, the temperature of this film is up all the time, so you don't notice it. It is that's what makes the film draining mm, uh, yeah. to, to look at because it is the raw emotions of people that will have their own way or will and are trying to survive.
Because yeah. uh, it, 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 even with this, this Savage Walken sort of comparison, because they both have a moment where they're, where they're unable to join the game, let's just say, you know, they really have a breakdown moment where they just can't. Even the way that, even though they're both given the sort of same objective mm. in different, uh, out of sequence, you know, they still do it in their own way. You know, mm. this, the savage has this sort of childlike breakdown that, mm. that is very much. Oh, it's a primal breakdown. Yeah, primal yeah. breakdown. Whereas Walken's really just it, can't. Yeah, he, he, he snaps, he snaps underneath struggling. there, uh, when mm. he, especially when, he, when they've got the three chambers, the balls in the chambers, and he clicks and he has a oh, smile God. on his face. And only um, Chris Walken, I mean, he, he made a lot of that kind of loopiness later on, but that idea of uh, I'm still alive and yeah. him, him, him laughing at it, to me, is just, just burns into, into you know, mm. they're all at the top of the game. And, and, and it's a beauty for Chris Walken, and look, we don't have three hours to talk about this, but when Christopher Walken, um, one of the great scenes is when the uh, when he's in the infirmary later on, he says, and the fellow asks him, you know, yeah. one of these fifty-five-year-old you know guys with the clipboard says, "What are your mother and father's um, uh, birth dates?" And this is long, and this is what I love about uh, Michael Chimino, uh, is that he lets the scene go on, and he just goes, "Well, what do you, what, what do you mean?" And he, and he's and he's going through, and he's completely. Uh, oh, we use the word beautiful. discombobulated, and he keeps on trying to mm. think why the question should be, "What am I doing in this nightmare? Why are you asking me these nightmare questions?" And um, the breakdown just gets worse. And the fellow st- sits there with the with the the uh, the. It doesn't move. He just waits for, um, you know, Christopher Walken to do his whole piece, and as does Chimino. So in some ways, it's over or under ed- edited, but it's not. They're just wonderfully long drawn out pieces another example uh when when they were going uh hunting and the road and the car goes up the road and leaves uh, leaves poor old um <laughs> john behind and and it comes the all the way back classic it's drive only, off it's only one scene is <laughs> it what you love your drive offs don't you oh, and he comes great. back and then he comes back and then he goes around again and uh and they drive <laughs> off again he throws the beer can he says, this is not funny and it does it a third time and it's only one frame, and yeah. it takes, I, I kid you not, I think I timed it two minutes. And I'm thinking, this is fantastic filmmaking. Oh, how, God. how does he get us into that moment? Because- I was wondering if Chimino is kind of going, don't, okay, stop the car now. <laughs> yeah, he's on okay. a phone somehow. <laughs> Can you come back, please? Come back, stop. Oh, okay, right now. Mm. Versus, back it up. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon so they, risky, I reckon they gave him. Yeah, it's the... so risky. It shouldn't be three hours, and yet it doesn't. It does. It seems like about two. And I'd because... love to know if De Niro was actually driving. I'd love. To oh know. well, this is right. I mean that car and the car. Um, I don't know who bought the car afterwards, but I want one. <laughs> All right, should we wrap it up? Oh, I think we should. Um, now, but but we will say uh, that at the end of it, um, they sing "God Bless America," and I think that do. this is always interesting. And and when you watch it, folks, and I think it's a matter of when, not if. Um, it, it is one of those ones which is um, how do you wrap up a movie where everyone is so um, distorted and twisted? Uh, and well, we leave it to you as to whether it is a you know a pro or anti, uh, whether, whether it is a, Amer- a piece of American jingoism or uh, hmm. it is a celebration of the American fighting spirit. Uh, it all comes down to that last scene, but we'll have to leave that to you. Indeed, that's that's yes. a, and your that's, good judgment. 
That's a beautiful. We can't challenge. do everything for you. Well, no, that's right. Especially in. A, I mean, in a, my God! I mean, we've done enough know, already. We can, we've we done only, enough damage. We only have six and a half hours per <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, should I do as a, do? I should. I should um, sign off as Mr. Walken, I suppose. Is that? Is yeah, that well, please do it. Please do it. Okay. So uh, you've been uh, listening to uh, what's the scene? Uh, what? What? No one uh, really knows uh, the scene. Um, I, you've been listening. Uh, thank. Thank you. How was that? Was that all right? <laughs> And I can't beat that, but I'm signing off with John Hewitt, as I've often been, and uh, and uh, that uh, that was Christopher Walken as channeled by Adam Jacobs. <laughs> well, until next time, folks. Bye bye. Be afraid. Be very afraid.